0: is so beautiful, you know. Come play. Flip the page. Dynasty is the newest rage. Maybe you've played. Maybe you've made a trade. Play list and now these fish are all up on ya. I mean, you won three ships. They wish they had your. So this is it. You want to learn the game. 101 pick. When it hits, you feel no pain. Crank. For the fantasy championship dynasty. hit the books, mid read this pamphlet called the Dynasty o- o- Owner's Manual. It- it- it's automatic dynasty. It- it's automatic owner's manual. It- it- it's, automatic. D- it- it's automatic dynasty. It's it's automatic.
1: <laughs> and here are your authors. Chris Allen and Adam Wilde. Alright everybody and welcome back. This is episode 18 of the Dynasty Owner's Manual Podcast. I'm your host Chris Allen and we're here with well, actually, before I get to that, let's talk about these things for a minute, because I know there are a number of personalities on Twitter that if you see their Twitter handle, you know who they are, but unlike some other folks, like, well, a lot of folks will wind up with general nicknames or, you know, things that they use to describe themselves, and you don't actually know who the person is, but you just recognize them as that person. So, for example, you have, 14 team mocker if you happen to follow him Uh, and a number of other folks as well like myself you know who i am the second you see me because you see my twitter handle chris allen ffwx and then for adam dhh underscore adam but tonight we don't really have that type of person Uh, we have with us tonight i mean the outhouse so i don't know how to go how to go past that so i want to introduce you but who are you, man? And how are you doing tonight? And thanks for coming on the show.
2: Oh, my pleasure. And you just revel in the outhouse. You don't need to go past it. You stay in there. We stay it. in
1: there?
0: Oh, yeah. You, you you're part of it. Take it all in. Don't kick it over.
1: Oh, OK. All right. So we're going to live in the in the outhouse this evening. So this is actually a, a different type of podcast for the, for the D.O.M. pod because we've got actual football going on right now. And, but we're, we're, instead of doing, instead of watching and overreacting like the rest of the folks and uh, me trying to send some lowball offers for Nick Chubb. What we're going to do instead is actually we're going to have this podcast because we're going to bring the stuff to you, the people. That's what we're going to do for you guys tonight. So what we're going to talk about this evening is actually going to, we're going to build on our previous podcast that we had with Brandon Nickel over the weekend and where we're going to be discussing how to execute trades and we're going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into how you execute them and get into some actual like practical application and talk about specific trades and things of that nature and kind of give you guys a background into how we've executed trades and things that we've gotten in trades that we've gotten done. So kind of walking back last weekend, when we spoke with Brandon, he was able to give us a decent process or methodology for executing trades. We walked through pretty much everything. I mean, we talked about, you know, if he targets players versus owners and similar to our discussion with uh, Leo Pesiga, it's kind of holistic in the sense that while you can have players as a target, You can also target owners in and of themselves when you look at, well, this person tends to favor this type of player or this type of position, or they might have an older roster and they're trying to get younger, or they might be pushing for a championship and they might need just one piece in order to kind of push them over the top and really make them competitive. A lot of different variables can factor into that decision-making process. So if you look at another person's or another owner's roster, it can kind of give you an idea of where they're at, but after you do that, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Let's not say that, well, because they have a certain player on their roster, they automatically need to be boosted at that position. You don't know what their strategy is. I believe in a case that we mentioned last uh, last weekend was that, yeah, well, you might say that the person has Jay Ajayi as their RB one, and you might not think that Jay Ajayi is an RB one, but they might value them as an RB one. So that you, you might need to adjust your strategy when you approach them and say, hey. You look a little weak at at running back. Well, if you're not starting off from an even playing field in terms of both of how you value those players and how you value the targets for your trade that you're trying to set up, it's going to make things a little bit more difficult for you in order to get a deal done. So from there, we also discussed how you initiate the trade, cold calls, uh, sending out just spam offers for a particular player. Um, just having just a general discussion about how you value your roster and how the, and how you strategize in terms of c- uh, coming up with your team, all those things were just basic nuggets that we discussed last uh, last weekend with Brandon at Dynasty Scout, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, yes, I think I hit over over everything. But Adam, was there anything that I missed?
0: No, that was about all of it. And hey, if you didn't hit it all, they can just go listen to the episode because it's Absolutely. available.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, we just pushed that out tonight. And as always, uh, for the at least for the past couple of weeks, actually not as always, but if you're looking for a discount on a subscription to 444, uh, I would say that you go ahead and try and listen to that episode and get an idea for how you can get that type of discount. We should have some nice information for the folks if you happen to go back and take a listen to that episode. So – Getting into it this evening with the outhouse, as we sit in the outhouse uh, while there's actual football going on and we revel in the outhouse. I don't know, guys. What Where, where should we start? What should we start with tonight?
0: Oh, man. I, I'm ready to jump right in. So we discussed how to start the trade last week. So I'm the type of person that likes to get in touch with the owner. And I discussed making friends with your league mates. You're going to be in the league for quite some time. It's dynasty. You shouldn't be picking up a team and dropping it if it sucks. So build rapport. So I like to just get in touch with guys and talk to them. And if the trade goes absolutely nowhere, we'll still talk football. Um, that's where I found some success. So outhouse, do you typically send cold offers? Do you contact first? Does your strategy
2: kind of vary? Yeah, I was about to say a little bit of all of the above. Uh, depends what you're looking for. Depends what mood you're in. Depends who you're dealing with. But a group chat is like the most important thing to a league in general. It keeps people active. It keeps people involved. And you also gain a sense of who likes who. And like Brandon said before, what kinds of people, players, the other owners like, which is super important. I know recently I, I've i been staring at one of my teams and for no reason whatsoever just hate this team. I don't know why. But I'm like, no, I need to make some changes. So in that sense... Cold offers. Uh, I was sending out a combination. Uh, I wanted to get younger. So I was sending out, uh, it's bad timing, but I'm still sending out Doug Baldwin offers. So I'm sending out Baldwin to everybody, you know, just to try and see if I can get anyone to even respond to me. Anything that's not a cold reject is a step towards something. You know, sure. somebody can say, even if they're like, oh man, I hate Baldwin, which happened to me, which made me sad because. <laughs> I love Because he's awesome. Yeah. But it's still like, all right, well, I want... I was going after Jarvis Landry, which is a terrible idea right now, but I was doing it anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm just like, all right, well, I really do want Landry. Let me try another player. I mean, I'm sure I got other people on this team I don't want also. So, you know, let me try someone else. Of course, that got rejected also because it's stupid to try and buy Jarvis Landry right now. But, I mean, that's part of the process. You know, in this specific instance, it was worth just sending some offers out. Let's see. What else have I done? Oh, the uh, the other day, you know, I was like, you know what? I got some bees on my team that need to leave. So uh, if anybody wants Baker or Bell, let's make this happen. <laughs> and, you know, we sort of never, we skipped over it a little bit. But, you know, I'm the host of the Trade Addicts podcast. And I start every episode by saying I have a trading problem. And it is the absolute truth. Like, I got into Dynasty because there was not enough trading in yearly, in season long.
0: Oh, I know. I contact you every time I'm trying to make a trade. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't always work for me.
2: (laughs) uh, You know, but we try. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, so it's, I send them out just saying, these are the guys I want to get rid of. And then you let the offers come to you. Or, yeah, the other way. You go to a specific person and be like, these are the players I like on your team why don't you let me know what players on my team you're interested in? I'm sure this is something Brandon talked about because we actually agreed on this where you said you don't always send them what you think their weakness is because you don't know what they're thinking all the time. But For sure. You might have an owner
0: that's hardcore zero RB, and um, maybe that's their strategy. And even if you don't think their wide receivers are strong, they might, so that takes it even a step further. I mean, you might see some pretty trash running backs and think, that the whole team's bad and they might think these are running backs with upside and I really like my receivers. So we talked about last week, just having some etiquette. There's no reason to start out by putting a team down. Owners Absolutely. put a lot of work into that team. So for sure, going into a trade and being like, Hey dude, your team's not good here is probably not a good place to start because you're <laughs> already making them defensive.
1: Right. Who would, who would want to trade with somebody where their initial start off point is yeah, your team sucks. It almost sounds like, hey, I'm tr- I'm doing you a favor by offering you this person. So it's like, if you didn't want the player that you're offering me, why should I take them? You know, like it does to me, it just doesn't seem like the best way to start negotiating with somebody.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. people lose sight of the fact that you're dealing with people more than you're dealing with fantasy football players. Uh, because just because a trade makes sense doesn't mean someone's going to do it. A lot of it, a lot more goes into it. The person wants to have to deal with you, and the person wants to actually want the players you're offering. Just because it comes up fair on a trade calculator doesn't mean a person's going to accept it.
1: Right, and do a lot of people, and I guess this is something for for you guys that are a bit more savvy at this because I I do use the trade calculator. But is that something that you typically pay attention to, or is it something that? afterwards let's say after the trade is all all said and done is that something that you would go back and look and look back on to say "Oh, okay well maybe i should have done that shouldn't have done that is it more for confirmation bias or is it a tool that you guys typically use in every trade Uh,
2: not every trade but i will go to it if i'm not sure about an offer that's really what i'll use it for especially when i first started in Superflex, i didn't really know how to value quarterbacks very well so i stuck every offer before i sent one out went into the trade calculator and now, if it's usually if it's like a big boy trade that I'm like, I mean, do I want to send all of this for that guy? Let let me just see if that makes sense. Or because like, you don't want to be that jerk to send a horrible lowball offer, so you want to just see if you're crazy. Like that—that's my sanity check. That's what I'll call a calculator. <sighs>
0: Yeah, and I'll use the calculator every single time, actually, and I'm not putting any value into it whatsoever, but it just, (laughs) it gets really old, everybody trashing the calculator, because it's such a cool little tool, and nobody's telling you that you have to put so much value into it. I mean, if the calculator says that my offer is trash, or that the trade that I'm accepting is trash, that doesn't mean that it really is trash. I mean, there's, it's just an an algorithm put together, and, and it works the way it works, but everyone has their little things that they use. And my thing is, is that I try to use everything. I mean, I'll look at rankings, ADP trade calculator, you name it. I'll look at it because I'm really, really nervous about making horrible trades. So (laughs) I I don't think that there's anything, any one thing that you can point to that. So, you know, why not use everything and trade calculator, super cool. And if you want to be lazy, just throw it in the trade calculator. Oh, and also, it's kind of good for people who you don't really know well yet, because they don't know if you're just a jerk and that you just send random bad trade offers all the time. So you can be like, "Hey, man, you know we're we're new to the league together. We don't really know each other, so I just went ahead and threw it in the trade calculator because I didn't want I didn't want any bias or I didn't want to start our relationship on a bad foot. I've actually done that before. Like I sent an offer that looked good on the trade calculator for a player that I wanted just because i knew that this owner if he didn't like the trade i can just be like okay well here's where i was at you know we don't really know each other well yet i don't know what players you like yet so i just used the calculator so that there was no bias but if you'd like to explore a different avenue and then i'm also pretty sure i got a trade done with him because like you said these are people too so you just level with people and it usually works out
1: 100 percent. and i think that Especially for newer dynasty owners that are, not -hmm. necessarily if this is like your first or second year, like being, getting into dynasty, but just like you uh, mentioned Adam, if you are new to a league and you don't know how people value players, that might be, say, like a third party. You know somebody that can take a look at the trade and say that okay, well this might be even, uneven, or or, or whatever. Just to, just as a and like you just said, it could be a quote unquote not necessarily an excuse, but just a reason why if you want to go back and renegotiate things of that nature and say that okay, well I went over to the trade calculator because I don't know how you value it, but I think this person is more valuable than than what you're offering. So I went over to the trade calculator and they said this. So let's let's talk about it some more. And as Brandon discussed with us last weekend, that is the I guess the the best way to go about it because if you don't value the players the same, talk about it. It's not. It doesn't need to be a just a flat rejection and just no. Let let's have a conversation. It, get in the group chat, get in Voxer. start DMing people and then just go back and forth. So you can at least at the very least, what you should come away with. If you can't come to a deal at the very least, you should come away with an understanding of how they value players, whether it just be in that position or just in, in general so that if you do want to approach them again for a deal, you know how you can possibly get a deal done better, or at least it's more likely that you can get one done.
0: That's an excellent way to put it. And, uh, me and brandon contact each other all the time about player values he'll just uh message me on group me and say hey how do you value x player that's not even on my team probably because he's looking for trades away to try to trade with three different people to get a player off my roster <laughs> but usually it ends up being players that we disagree on and then that's how we get bets where somebody has to dizzy bat with smirnoff ice so,
2: <laughs>
1: oh gosh
0: <laughs> go <sighs> Dion Lewis. To that. but yeah that was well said chris
1: Absolutely. So now, in talking about that, like when we when we get into trades, and if I'm remembering correctly, I think it was uh, Kevin O'Brien when we spoke with him, and uh, he had mentioned and seeing a whole bunch of uh, I know like my fantasy league, like their Twitter handle. And I think a number of other folks will do this as well, where they'll they'll put up on Twitter and say, "Hey, who won this trade?" You know, and they'll have the poll options like A hey, or B, and they'll have everything listed. And then of course the replies are. Pretty much as as what you would expect for social media, where they'd be like, "Oh, you know, this is that's highway robbery," or <laughs> "You totally won that trade." You know, stuff. You know, comments like that. But when it comes to that, is do you? I mean, unless it's a completely lopsided trade, is there really a way for you to essentially to quote unquote win the trade? Is that something that actually happens?
2: Alright, well first of all, tread lightly when you talk about Twitter polls. That is practically my brand. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you say my fantasy league. I probably retweet as many Twitter polls as they do at this point. Is there winning a trade? No, because everyone feels, should leave a trade feeling like they won. Because that's the point. Both teams are always supposed to get better. Uh, but do people win trades? Yeah, sometimes people make bad trades. Uh, I did a trade yesterday with Spoony, who I'm sure plenty of you people know, because he's on Twitter more than I am somehow. Yeah. Um, I traded away Michael Crabtree and Delaney Walker for Jameson Crowder. And th- this was good for my team. I wanted to get younger. And I am all in on Jameson Crowder this year with Alex Smith. To me, just them two make perfect sense together. Right. Baltimore is a hellscape for wide receivers and I'm a John New believer. So I think Delaney Walker, even though he just signed that extension is going to take that backup role pretty quickly. So I was completely fine putting them two together. I walked away from that trade feeling completely fine. I think it ended 79% in his favor. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Twitter would say that I lost that trade and that he won it. But, and again, my brand says he did win that trade, and I lost okay. it. So you have to
1: accept it, then? You have to oh, accept yes. that he no,
2: uh, I'm, you know, Dynasty Outhouse believes that he lost that trade, but Russ feels good about it. Sure.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Russ, the Dynasty owner, feels that it feels great about it.
2: Yeah. No, I like that trade. It works perfect. Uh, there were pieces that I was completely fine getting rid of, and that I'm sure they'll do fine this year. But I think Crowder is going to be good for a long time. And, yeah, no, I felt completely fine about the trade, and Twitter disagreed. So it made me sad, don't get me wrong. But I don't feel like I lost.
0: I feel like it's a hot take, and it really shouldn't be. But the first one is that I don't really want to win a trade that bad. I really, really don't want an owner to leave a trade thinking that I just demolished them and wanting their players back right away. Because that's cool in the short term. Sure, you got away with robbery, and you just crushed this trade and got this awesome player but they're never going to deal with you again and we're talking dynasty so you might yep. be with this owner for the next 10 years and they're always going to remember that time that the poll was 79 and you <laughs> talked yep. all this stuff up you talked all about how the player you were giving them was so awesome and then more educated people told them that it was a horrible trade and then i also believe that We're a bunch of know-it-alls. I mean, all of us are a bunch of know-it-alls. We have absolutely no idea what's gonna happen next year. So it's more like something that I'm getting towards where I see a trade that I don't agree with that I go more like, hmm, okay. Rather than wow, that was horrible. Because why would I say, Wow, that was horrible so I can look dumb in a year? Why would I invest myself in that? Exactly. You know, think about the avenues that different situations could take. We had an awesome trade With this, that would look horrible right now, and I will just bask in the outhouse where Mm -hmm. I traded you AJ Green and Devonta Freeman for uh, a Le'Veon Bell and Alex Collins. And if I look at it, I think Alex Collins is going to do phenomenal this year, and that he's criminally undervalued. I like to grab people that I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, which is ADP increases,
2: yep,
0: or decreases. However, so. I like to look at those players, and it's also a team that I feel I could compete with. So Le'Veon Belt, in all likelihood, could be the highest scorer in the NFL this year. Mm -hmm. So I look at that trade and think, "Ah, this looks kind of ugly right now, but it made sense for my team. doesn't make sense for Twitter, so I'm telling you guys not to care
2: yeah well, no, that's also why going back to the calculators that you can't just go by that, and even when I traded him to you, I said you were getting a good deal on Alex Collins because I've been calling him a buy low ever since they didn't the Ravens didn't draft a running back. I've been all about him mm-hmm. so we valued him differently than ADP does different than calculators do, but you know we knew what he was worth, so we knew how to get a deal done with him. Which is why you can't just stick to one thing, like you were saying before, Adam. You need to put every aspect of value into a trade offer for it to work well. So
0: now we're talking about getting a deal done. How do you feel about the term "adding
2: a piece"? Uh, it's it should happen in every single trade. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that that's the real answer. I feel like. If you ever, if a first offer is ever accepted, I think something went wrong. <laughs> um, Sounds like it's too easy at that point. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's kind of what happened with my uh, Crowder trade. At first, I was talking with Spoonie, and I was just like, I want I want Crowder. What does it take to get from Walker to Crowder? Because I know he wanted Walker. He's like, what do you think of Crabtree? And I'm like, I'll give you both of them for, for Crowder. And he's like, okay. I'm like, oh man. Are, I'm like, are you, are, are you, wait, what did I just do wrong? For sure? <laughs> so yeah. And it was like, it felt too easy. And apparently Twitter agrees that I probably should have asked for for him to put a piece on there. Anybody who's not giving, getting the best player or the best value should always say, why don't you add a third? You know, why don't you throw me, like if someone has to drop a player, why don't you drop, well, throw me one of the players you're going to drop.
0: So, and before we get to the second or third part of this question, just before, uh, we move one that adding the third piece you guys hit on this on the trade addicts pod, and I love it. I do this every year you you almost did something wrong by actually drafting third round players. We all have third round sleepers that we like, and I'm not telling you not to study third round players, yada yada, but what I'm saying is those third round picks get trades done, and there are people that we're gonna talk about in the rest of the show that will not do that extra third mhm, yeah so. Yeah. Those are chips, take, man. Yes, exactly. So use those thirds throughout the year. Just throw a third, throw a third, throw a third. That third isn't going to hit for you. I'm
2: just, <laughs> it, it might, but,
0: it might, but it I'm won't. just telling you, it, it won't. You, you get your trade done now, and, and if someone falls to the third later, I promise you, you can find a player on your roster to get a third back four to get your player. So use those yeah. thirds. Um, so – We just discussed you should always be trying to get an added piece. I will say from Spoonie's perspective, maybe if the deal is too ripe, don't be the guy that asks for or if the deal is too good, don't be the guy that asks for even more. Because I have a lot of those where it's like, I know by almost everybody's standards, but mine, this trade is really good for you. So can you explain to me why you're adding extra? And most often they can't. So that almost sours me away from trading with someone again. If I'm already giving you a good deal, just take the good deal. And I've actually yeah. had trades when I first started that didn't go down because I asked for extra and then they changed their mind. So if the deal's good, take the deal. Yes. But with that being said, do you find yourself on the adding end more often, or are you the one that's usually getting something a little extra? And is there anything that you're looking for besides the third? Like, could you identify a type of player that you might target as a throw-in or target to throw-in?
2: All right. Well, the first part of that, it's always it's super trade-dependent as to whether you're throwing it in or if they are, uh, because it's really become it's uh, it's not always who's throwing in the best player, but really. Values never completely 100% even. And there's always that little bit where you need to make it up. And whoever has that little bit of higher needs to get a little piece back. Which, honestly, you never need to get the piece back. You just should. Just because you can. So you might as well. Um, Player-wise, usually it's the guys that are, we'll say, bottom-end threes. Like wide receiver threes, running back threes that you think are going to hit. Like, last year, I was getting Kenny Stills everywhere. And sometimes you could still get him as a throw-in here, but now I think too yeah. many people know about him. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so like players like that, um before... I mean, Alex Collins wasn't necessarily throw-in level, but he was... If you're doing a big-boy trade, Alex Collins was a throw-in. I've gotten him once or twice. Add Collins and we'll be good. And they're like, eh, he's not going to be a bell cow there, so sure, fine. (laughs) So it's, again, size of the trade dependent. But, yeah, it's usually if you're going for a player and not just a third-round pick, uh, it's usually a guy you have faith in that he will outperform whatever his low value is right now. Because no one's going to throw in a guy who has a chance at being in their lineup. Sure, and the
0: episode with Kevin, the 401k episode, has made me tremendously better as a Dynasty owner, yes. so I definitely recommend going to listen to that episode. But I've now got players identified on my roster that I'm designating to throw in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also have players in mind that I have designated to get as as a throw-in if they're available. is a little too pricey to be a throw-in, in my opinion. Now, but yeah. <laughs> Joe, but Joe Williams, yes. if I can get Joe okay. Williams as a throw-in, that's an excellent example of someone that if he's on the roster and I'm getting a deal done, I'm almost definitely getting Joe Williams, especially since often uh, another strategy you can utilize is if the trade's very, very close, you're not being disrespectful by telling him, I'll add a third if you add said yeah. player. Because now you've already built the report, you're already getting the trade done, and it's like, well, let's just add to this trade. You know, why wait till later to see if you'll take a third for Williams? Um, Maybe I'll throw in a third right now and you give me Joe Williams. So that's another thing you can do. That's not being a jerk. Like I mentioned earlier, when you're clearly winning the trade, quote unquote, like we were talking about earlier, which is just getting good value. Um You're not being a jerk by adding something on your end and his end while you're already there. So yeah, that's that's definitely a great point.
2: Yeah, definitely. Don't be afraid to be like, yeah, this is good the way it is but what could i add to get this guy also oh it, uh, it's always easier to do that than to try and create a second trade afterwards let's put it that way
1: oh i see what you mean so kind of walking it back and trying to build on that a little bit so when it is when you do go to like throw in a player or like throw in just add a piece to a particular trade is it easier to throw in players or is it easier to throw in like future like future picks
2: future picks are always easier uh but again you you need to know who you're dealing with there's a couple of teams in every single league that will have zero picks so offering them a future third isn't going to get you anywhere because we all know future thirds don't really have that much value it really works for people who are either complete dreamers and think that they know that third round pick that they're going to get that's going to you know be the next. I don't even know who broke out from a third round rookie pick. I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head.
0: Neither
1: can I. See? The so, best I
0: can do is that I got Jarvis and Martavis Bryant in the late second. That's the best I can do. So huh. yeah, yeah, my, you're brain's really going, third. yeah
2: my, my brain's only going back like two years and I could think of like Jordan Howard at like the 2-4 I think I got him at. Like,
0: right, uh, so uh, uh, all right. So the third's probably the, not going to hit.
2: Right. So there's the Dreamers and then there's the traders, the people that realize that they're gonna move that to someone else because they'll know who to move it to. So but there's also again the person that doesn't have any picks on their team, they're gonna look for the guys like we were talking about before, guys on your team that probably won't crack your starting lineup, but do they think have the chance to either again rise in ADP so they can be a chip to trade to someone else? At least that's the way I think about it, is I'm sure the way Brandon said, you play chess instead of checkers, because he's not very creative. He'll reuse the same lines over and over again. <laughs> he even he used that Jay Ajayi example on my show also. So you you did not get A-plus, Brandon. we going to out tell him that. <laughs> oh, he, he, he better be listening Derek, to this. Oh, he also be. thinks Derrick Henry is good. So.
0: Hey, whoa. hold on now okay okay tangent averted tangent averted (laughs) all right uh so we found the best way to open and close a trade um what do you think is the best way to get a trade done from the things that we've talked about i mean let's say that you're right on the cusp but the person might want just a little bit extra and you happen to think that you're already giving them good value. Do you abandon right there or is there something, some other strategy that we've talked about you can implement to kind of get the deal done?
2: Well, it all alludes back to the first question. Is there such thing as winning a trade? And the answer is no. So if you want what they're giving you, overpay a little bit. If that's what it takes, like if I have... You yeah, know, like I have so like I keep going back to Kenny Stills because he's the guy I've been fighting for for 2 years, but like I have 8 shares of Kenny Stills. If sending him to another team is going to get me Dalvin Cook, yeah, fine. You know, go, take him. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Be willing to send a little extra if you really want that side of the trade. Giving up a little extra value, especially if you're dealing in a big boy trade like that, throwing out a guy you think might hit doesn't matter just do it just send it out and get it done that's i mean if you are trading for the sake of trading which i'm super guilty of (laughs) yeah you stick to value you don't you know send out too much to get a player you don't necessarily believe in it's just that all right why not you know uh saquon bark is a terrible uh, example because he costs six arms and three legs to acquire But like, you know, some, David Njoku just caught a touchdown. Let me go see if I could trade for him. I'm not going to overpay for that because it's not someone I necessarily believe in or someone I feel like I need on my team. It's just why not. Right. But if there's someone that I want, I'll be willing to overpay for him. But like you said, well, I mean, in that, in that. I'm I'm doing air quotes. Air quotes. By the way. Yeah. (laughs) They can't see that,
1: but but like it po- it points back to what you were saying earlier, though, because if both of you walk away from the deal feeling like you won, then who cares at that point, right?
2: Exactly. It's when we talk about well, again, Twitter polls are always the exact trade, but when we're talking, like when I'm talking about trades with people, like I'll leave I'll leave off people because they didn't really necessarily matter to the trade. Like I made a terrible trade once. And cautionary tale time. Pay attention to what buttons you click. <laughs> because oh, I no. accidentally. Akeem I, Hunt? No, oh, damn. Thankfully, I never did that. <laughs> oh, gosh. I traded in a Superflex league. I traded away Mike Evans for Marcus Mariota, Marlon Mack, and Albert Wilson yeah my bad i mean the dude accepted in like half a second i thought i clicked on another uh wide receiver and i did not uh but whatever it happened i didn't fight it but did he give it back no i didn't ask for it back no i just let it happen i just i just did like four more trades to equal out you know (laughs) making me feel better about it
1: whoo all right. I had to step on out of the outhouse real quick because we were having too much fun discussing trades with the rest. But I wanted to give you guys a quick note about our sponsor for tonight's podcast. 444 is now sponsoring the DOM pod so we can give back to you, the listener. Be sure to use our promo code DYNASTYOM, that's D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-O-M, in the promo code area to get 25% off your subscription 444 has been the most accurate ranking site since 2012 with a talented crew of fantasy content creators, including yours truly. We've got custom rankings, cheat sheets, and a top 200 list to help you during your drafts. For those still prepping, 444 has both a draft analyzer and league syncing tool to get an edge on your league mates. For you DFS folk, the great DJ Hernandez, along with Holden Kushner, is on the DFS MVP podcast to drop your weekly content for your lineups. It's well worth the investment and will certainly help you in your run for the championship. Now let's get back into the outhouse and see what we got going on with these trades. An owner, when I sent out a bunch of
0: cold 19 thirds for DeMarco Murray, um, when the Shaw McCoy stuff came out, just because why wouldn't I take the chance? I thought he was mm-hmm. going to sign somewhere anyways. So uh, I already felt like it's probably a good investment, because even if he doesn't go there, he's going to give me some points this season. Of course, he ends up retiring. Within one minute of his retirement, I'm going through like, hmm. Hmm, I'll take some of this stuff back accepted yeah uh, yeah so mm-hmm. lost my 1930 he ended up giving it back though which goes full circle back to me saying like i probably wouldn't have traded with that dude again even though it's spiteful and if it was good value that he sent me i probably would have but yeah. he's not someone that i would have went out and uh you know tried to build rapport with like i'd try to do with everyone else
2: yeah that's that actually that well hold on to finish my thought up before even though it makes me look worse, when I tell people about that terrible trade I did, I just say, yeah, I traded Mike Evans for Marcus Mariota. Like, I don't even bother mentioning like, Albert Wilson <laughs> and Mark right. because why at that point? Yeah. Right. So, like, you know, the, like, those are the level of players where it's just like, if I have to throw one of them in, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Take it. Of course, that's not the exact example, but still, like, at certain levels, just get stuff done. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: All right, so we've talked every week about FF statistics. We do FF statistics trivia every week. We're about to get into that now, and I know you know how the rules go outhouse, but we're going to have some big news to mention with FF statistics coming soon. So it's not going to be this week, but there's some exciting stuff going on. So for you guys listening that haven't played before, I'm going to tell you um, a little bit about myself, i.e. the NFL football player. And you're going to tell me who I am. Now, I've lost the last two weeks, so I'm hoping to come back strong with this one. I'm terrible with this game, so you're going to win. So, All right, good. <laughs> so last year I had eight games above the average RB1. And this season I can be drafted in the late third or the early fourth in seasonal leagues. Who am I? Late third,
1: early fourth? Yes, sir. Late third, early
0: fourth. Well, yes. McCaffrey? No, but I wish I could get McCaffrey in the late third
2: or early fourth. Yeah. It's seasonal. I have no idea. I haven't I haven't started to right. look at the seasonal yet. Uh, <laughs> Got to guess, Chris. How many,
1: how many games over?
2: He
0: had eight full games last year that he was over the average RB1, so we'll say top six. Ingram? The gotta answer guess. is LaShawn McCoy. Oh, uh, Okay. Yeah. And I'll have you, I'll have you know, I've googled Lashawn McCoy every single day oh since God. the incident <laughs> because I have so many shares, and there is a lot of signs pointing towards him playing. Yeah. Now, hopefully, he, hopefully he gets in trouble if he did it. Uh, I'm not a jerk. I don't care about my fantasy team that much, but I'm just saying, I don't think he did it.
1: It's probably going to wind up being like – I think the speculation is it's going to be like the Brady thing from a couple of years ago where yeah. all of this gets pushed back to like the 2019 season. And
0: and then he'll just retire. Right, yeah. just retire. Sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. I plan to ride him out on my dynasty rosters, anyways. He can retire next year. Just, just win me the championship this year. Yeah. At this point, you have to. There's no value left. Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Actually, I tried to send some value for him in some places and people were not buying it like – 19 seconds and people, you know, are upset about me sending them a 19 second form. Like, what do you think you're going to get for them? This is not the 106
2: of old that you think you're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, that was like spot on old value. Like 106 was exactly where I used to have him. Like last year. Like, wow.
0: So we just mentioned seasonal and I wanted to segue into this question. We're getting really close, guys. It's really time to stop telling you that I don't care about my starting lineup because I'm kind of starting to. Yeah. yeah. So how do you go about filling holes in your roster outhouse? It's just saying trades is probably a bad answer, isn't it? <laughs> right. That yeah. What be, kind that of would trades? Be the, are like you...
1: the hashtag brand answer though, to be quite honest.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what kind of trades are you looking to execute right now? I mean, I've been noted saying that I'll have 12, 13 wide receivers on my roster right now. And, three four mm-hmm. running backs, which I still have rosters that need some work that have that. But I've been trying to tell everybody, you're not looking at player names anymore. You're looking at values. So if my 14 wide receivers are more valuable than the running backs I had previously before I acquired the wide receivers, then I'd have all the value. But now it's time to start cashing in the value. You're at the casino and it's time to go take your chips to the teller. I don't go to casinos. Yeah, I don't go to casinos. Get your, get your money man. back. Sounds sounds about right. Get your money back. So how are you going about getting your money back right now to actually fill a starting lineup?
2: Uh, well, yeah. First of all, I'll agree. Now is about the time where you start actually worrying about your lineup because if people are going to start tearing ACLs, they're going to start doing it now. And that's usually with running backs why it's – why it's why wide receivers will carry more value in the offseason. They're less likely to get hurt, I think. Uh, so now – it's pretty much doing a combination of, I'm sure, everything Brandon told you. Uh, you find the people that don't think the way you do and they'll, you know, actually keep their starting lineup and chances are that means they lost someone already or they didn't, you know, take free agency into account or they thought Duke Johnson was going to go sign somewhere and be a starter. So he, now he's not a real RB2 on your team. So, I mean, it's really, you, you find people that, need what you got and have what you need and just sort of make stuff work. I don't think now you're at the point where you're like, I think I'm weak at RB three. So I need to work this deal out. You're still working value more than anything else. Right. Because it's not like you're worrying about bye weeks right now. You're just worrying about having two startable running backs, two startable wide receivers. I can't bring myself to worry about tight ends, but you need one that starts, I guess. Uh, So it's still worrying about value, but it's, you want to even out your positions a little bit, assuming you play the balanced game. And I keep saying, you're, that man, that episode you guys did with Kevin was amazing. He was, yeah, it really changed
0: everything. I have write-ups yeah. of every single team and what percentage, and then I actually went and executed trades to balance my buckets. So, I mean, so good. you're yeah. an infinitely better player by listening to that episode and just listening to Kevin in general, Yes, yeah, which yeah. I did in a trade. Actually, I'll talk about that trade. I'm changing my trade on the show. <laughs> Anyways, Um so how do you avoid being exploited by the glaring hole? So we said earlier you're not approaching them and being like, hey, dude, your running backs suck. Let me give you this really bad running back for more expensive than he's worth because you need a running back. But not everybody listens to this podcast, and a lot of people do that. Is there any way you can go about being exploited for your glaring holes? And I'm actually going to take the easy answer away from you Mm -hmm. and tell you you can't say no. Can't
2: say don't? (laughs) Yeah. All right. I am not really a fan of even position swaps. Okay. So, Like wide receiver for wide receiver trades to me are sort of pointless. That goes away from the idea that everyone wins in a trade. Someone's losing that trade and you'll find out faster. (laughs) Uh, So if I have a glaring hole at running back, what I will try to do is trade a strong wide receiver and a weak running back for a strong running back and a weaker wide receiver. It's a way to even out value but still make your team better where you think it needs to be made better.
0: And that's what exactly I was going to add to the conversation. But to build off of that, um, you can actually go by asking questions and building rapport, as we've mentioned, and figure out who they value too low, lower than consensus, yeah. lower than you. And the trade's not going to look so bad. So what I kind of wanted to get at with this question is because the dude kind of comes in being a jerk or, girl plenty of girls in the industry comes in trying to be a jerk and Mm -hmm. says um hey you need a running back i'm i've got lamar miller for you but i'm gonna need you to pay up it's really easy to be like uh no thanks i'm good you can really just go and okay how do you feel about wide receiver this one that one and that one if they have landry marvin jones and julio jones and they're done with Julio because he didn't get enough touchdowns last year never Julio they might think that they're <laughs> they might think that they're getting one over on you and you let them think they're getting one over on you but since you took that extra step to ask them how they value players you found out that they don't value Julio enough so they think that you're going to overpay for um, Lamar Miller but really you're acquiring Julio so that would be trading a good running back for Julio and a uh, You know, halfway decent wide receiver for Lamar Miller, but the gap between your running back and Julio might be a lot smaller than the person offering the trade really thinks or knows. So it doesn't have to be a lost trade just because they came at you sideways like
2: that. All right. But I want to, I'm going to still go back to that answer you told me I can't use. Don't, don't do that. Don't let yourself be exploited. A, this is dynasty. It's a long game. Especially if you still have your draft picks. It's okay to lose because you're still having something that gains value by losing. But if it's seasonal, all right, maybe you do something that may not equal out but helps your team win some games because you just need to get lucky in the end when it comes to season. But for Dynasty, there's you'll find something. So you, don't, you don't need to be in a rush to do anything. If it's this year or next year you'll find something that will even your team out. You don't need to rush. Unless you're the kind of person that keeps one quarterback on your team and that quarterback gets hurt, then you're just kind of screwed. But even still, you find someone who has the 32nd best starting quarterback on their bench for some reason, and you throw them whatever trash they'll take for it. Never overpay for something because they think you need it. It's, it's bad business, and it, you kind of have to worry about what other people think of you as a trader. Uh, I got into a very weird interaction in one of my leagues where some guy didn't agree with the trade I made. So he sent me a trash offer and I was just like, nah, I mean, why would I do that? like, he sent me garbage for Odell Beckham. And I'm like, why would I do this? This is, the value is nowhere close and those guys probably wouldn't even start. And he's like, well, you sold this guy for two guys that were barely, that were barely starters. And I'm like, no, this is what I did, and I explained my stuff. And I'm like, and being a condescending jerk isn't a way to get a deal done. So, you know, I'll right. talk to you later. And yeah, by the way, absolutely. one of those guys I got was Crowder.
1: <laughs> <Nice>.
2: <laughs> I wish I could remember who I traded away, but I, I got Crowder. And Ty- I got Tyree Kill, and he called him a borderline star in a best ball league. Wow. Yeah. And, I, I mean, I traded away a very good running back, I think it was. And plus, I just don't value running backs. And, I mean, it was Fournette. I have Fournette for Tyreek Hill and Jameson Crowder, and he thought I sold way too easy. In a best ball league? I'd take that all day. All day. And, again, never doing a deal with this guy now, and I hope he's listening because, bam, blocked.
0: <laughs> yeah, you added the the exact statement that I love to ask. I, a lot of the really hardcore Dynasty players really might not even bother asking this question, but... Um, because you almost just leave it on the table when somebody gives you that bad of an offer but Mm -hmm. i ask why would i do that you might have to give up too too (laughs) much information by having this conversation but they should be able to answer why would i do that and the reason i said a lot of hardcore dynasty owners might not really ask this question is because they they're just gonna they're gonna leave the trade on the table and and they're gonna um you're you're not going to want to talk it out with them, basically, is what I'm getting at. So when you ask them, why would I do that? You're basically using the old adage, treat others the way you want to be treated. Like, if you wouldn't do the trade, why send it? And yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of yeah. the dynasty owners are going to say, well, because I want to win the trade, which is what we discussed. It's not always the best thing to win the trade. So if you're trading players away way that you would see yourself doing, then you know that it's a good offer. You don't have to worry about what others think about you because you know you sent them a quality offer. But if you sent them something trash and they ask you, why would you do that? You're either going to have to try to justify it and sound dumb or you're (laughs) going to have to say, because I'm a jerk. Yeah, and that pretty much just said he was a jerk. Right. Okay, (laughs) great. At least he was honest. All right, guys, let's break it down to the roundtable real quick. We want to talk about trades, talk through the process of trades, talk about what happened with trades. We're going to start with you, Russ. You're going to give us our tr- your trade, and we're going to kind of combine Brandon's episode and your episode from start to finish and see how this trade got
2: done, what happened. Think about it. Oh, man, my trade I got ready is one that we didn't get done yet, so I guess I kind of have to do a little bit of a different one because I'm working uh, with Brian, my co-host, on Trade Addicts. We're going back and forth. He's trying to give me uh, Dalvin Cook for Keenan Allen. And the problem is we're both big Keenan Allen people. Yep. So it's, oh, it's, okay. so cool. we've gone back and forth like four times on this offer and it's, it's so much fun. Like the, like we both, this is why we love trades is the back and forth of it all. And he's messing with me hardcore because he knows how impatient I am. Like I want to get this done. And he's been slow playing me for at least two days now where cuz he knows if he waits me out I'm just going to be like all right dude fine how about this and I you know <laughs> I'll come back I'll back down on my offer a little bit but I'm I'm standing strong Brian <laughs> All right but let's we want let's you to stand over.
1: strong now I'm on I'm on your team
2: Yeah standing strong because he at his first offer was just Dalvin Cook for Keenan Allen which he knew I was going to reject but he's he threw it out anyway because again way too high on Keenan Allen but yeah ever since then we've been going back and forth trying to figure stuff out Someone else go so I could think of a trade that got accepted. Well, we're both on the pod. We can talk about our
0: trade and kind of what went into it. Um, that was actually kind of unique to a, a kind of unique opening to it. So that could probably be good for the listeners. If you want to discuss the um, the trade we mentioned earlier. Oh, yeah. Go for it, man. I also have a Keenan trade, but I'm going to – I'll start us off on this one. So um, if you've listened, I'm not a Le'Veon Bell advocate advocate. Um, I just think that the situation is going to get really murky and I am very, very anti-free agency for running back. Um, I, it's just that Jerick McKinnon made it look really, really pretty, but he hasn't done anything really, really pretty yet. Um uh, not saying he's not going to. I don't think he's going to, but I'm just saying it's really hard to start valuing Tevin Coleman as a mid first round pick, uh rookie pick, of course, when we have no idea where he's going to be next year. So, uh, kind of the same with Le'Veon Bell, but a little caveat is that he's asking for a tremendous amount of money and uh, he's very adamant about getting that. So that worries me going into the next year. Besides that, best running back in the NFL. So on a team <laughs> I wanted to win now on that I felt really, really good about my wide receivers, I sent A.J. Green and Devonta Freeman, and I got Alex Collins and Le'Veon Bell back from Russ. So basically opened up the offer. um I think I just wanted to know his value on Le'Veon. I wasn't even looking to buy whatsoever. Um, yeah, I had to scroll back to look at this.
2: I actually brought Bell up to you. Did you? Okay. Yeah. You were coming after A Rob, and I just I wasn't having it. That's right. That is right. Yeah, I was looking to
0: buy a little bit of A Rob shares. I, I could see that ADP rising very quickly, but. That's yeah, right. But, so if you asked me about Bell, and I basically told you I hated him. I'm pretty yes. sure.
2: Yes. <laughs> I'm reading all of this negative stuff about Bell right now. Okay, awesome. Uh, but what what you said is true about the second part. I first tried to give you a couple of wide receivers because I figured if I'm giving you the main running back, I'll follow it up with a little bit of a wide receiver to fill that A.J. Green hole. And you're like, no, man, I'm happy with my wide receivers. I need some running back help. Yep. Right.
0: Exactly. And then that's where, that's when I looked into Alex Collins. I'm like, all right, he's three years younger. I do like Devonta Freeman. I mean, the Devonta Freeman hate has gotten crazy. I think that's what kept me from getting ripped a new one on Twitter, which I wouldn't have cared about, <laughs> but because the Devonta Freeman hate has gotten crazy. So, but it was a combination of Devonta Freeman's value dropping a little and then me thinking that Alex Collins is just going to be really, really there. And I brought up the point after the trade. I was very sure not to bring this point up during the trade. But Alex Collins could look really stunning with Lamar Jackson at quarterback next year. We saw how relevant RG3 made Alfred Morris um, just because you have to fear the run so much. And we've already seen him run so much in the preseason. So this is me targeting a player that I think's value is going to increase drastically. I don't see Devonta Freeman's value increasing ever again. So I still gave you a stud running back for Mm -hmm. a running back that could maybe – be a stud so i'm definitely taking the risk you're in but in the short term levy on bell you know might score me the most points in the league this year which is why i think it was fair for both of us um a lot of people aren't going to see it that way but that's how the trade got done through and through
2: oh man i'm actually reading our conversation again and i sold you alex collins <laughs> did you yeah i remember looking <laughs> it ended with you saying man i hope you're right about collins <laughs>
0: <laughs> but then that's when i brought up later about lamar jackson yeah, you, and you were like yeah. Ooh, I,
2: didn't I wish i thought of that, that. Yep. But yeah but then i said i'm happy because i still have plenty of shares uh, that yeah, would be nice. Yeah, oh man, wish it, I considered that going to buy him in a couple of other places now, <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is awesome that we could have that interaction and both feel good about the trade that got done. So I'm going to go jump right into my, my Keenan Allen deal, uh, to bring Kevin into this conversation because Kevin has loved Keenan Allen forever. Mm-hmm. So I took over an orphan that had the 101 pick. So this orphan had Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, um, Leonard Fournette, Alvin Kamara, and David Johnson.
2: I know there's no. Roster. You guys can't see the, what I'm doing right now, but I'm throwing my hands in the air in confusion.
0: Yes, it had those five running backs. So, and my best receiver was Marvin Jones, and literally no one else to note. Don't oh, you bad talk about Marvin Jones right now? Can't well, sure, that. I love Marvin Jones, but he's not going to be my only wide receiver in a start three. So. Um immediately I took it over and I was like, okay, this is going to be five stud wide receivers because this isn't happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ezekiel Elliott was the odd man out for me because he doesn't get enough receptions for my liking. If I'm going to have a high-end running back, I'm going to get one that is going to catch a ton of balls. Uh Obviously, he's elite and he's phenomenal. But of the top four, he's four for me because of that. He's He's just not going to catch the ball. He's going to have an outstanding amount of – Loaded boxes. So I was like, all right, let me get a return for Ezekiel Elliott because he's a hot commodity. I love Keenan Allen and I knew I wasn't going to get Michael Thomas basically because I wasn't going to get extra with Michael Thomas. So, and I also didn't have a tight end, which you say you don't want a tight end unless you can start him. Or you don't want any tight end, but you have to have a starter. Yeah, I didn't have a starter. Like Mercedes (laughs) Lewis was the best tight end on this roster, so I got back. I got back Keenan and Trey Burton for Ezekiel Elliott. People on Twitter hate it. I messaged Kevin and I said, "Hey, would you trade Keenan Allen for Ezekiel Elliott?" Or sorry, Ezekiel Elliott for Keenan Allen and Trey Burton. He said, "I would trade Keenan Allen." I would trade Ezekiel Elliott for Keenan Allen straight up. He said trade Burton is a throw in. (laughs) I wouldn't
1: make you feel good.
0: (laughs) Right. I would not recommend that whatsoever, but that's just what I'm saying. The values are gonna be different with people and people are gonna have different needs. I do not need five running backs, especially with workhorse running back injury rate being so high. Why would I take there's a good chance that one of those five is going to get injured. Absolutely. Maybe not for the season, but if I have those five guys, there's a good chance one of them misses a good bit of time. So, you know, if I could pivot to a receiver, that's what I'm going to do. And then I also traded in that league, Marcus Mariota, Kenny Galladay and a 19 second for AJ Green and a one QB. So now I've got Keenan Allen and AJ Green. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that one too. That a good one. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, yeah, I hate that you one.
2: traded away Mariota, but
0: man, that's good value. Well, I, well, he had three quarterbacks for no reason as well. He also <laughs> had, uh, he, he, I still have Aaron Rodgers and, uh, Garoppolo, so. How did
2: this dude have the 101? Was it his pick?
0: Yeah, yeah. He, he just wasn't a good owner that I took over. Huh. People do that all the time because especially I'm finding with new dynasty owners that go super youth centric, think that rebuilding means the same thing as trashing your team and that's we do make it kind of sound like that so that's kind of where that disconnect comes from but there's people that are trying to sell off guys like Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham and stuff like that when they're rebuilding because it's just like oh this guy has been in the league for a few years Mm -hmm. okay well wide receivers hit at age 27 and 28 so really I mean you still have another year before they're supposed to be phenomenal anyways obviously they already are but I'm just saying there's they're still part of a rebuild roster. So you yeah. brought up a good point by those saying, are the guys nice
2: you build around.
0: Yes, exactly. That's what you're rebuilding is the structure around Odell Beckham Jr. Right. Yeah. You want
1: to kick us out of here, Chris? Absolutely. No, so man, I know man. we could keep going like this all night, but I, I guess to re- recap everything. I mean, to go through. I mean talking about how you could, how you actually approach owners, constructing the trade itself, counter, I mean, all, all those things. I mean, outhouse of any of that, what would you think is like the most important takeaway or like the nugget that you would think the, you would want the listeners to really come away with from tonight?
2: Have fun, man. I mean, that's such the cheesiest answer, but it's really true. Like, again, I got into Dynasty because of, I love trading because it's so much fun. And in seasonal, there's not always really a point to trading. You know, nobody's trying to go young in a seasonal league. Uh, what it comes down to, it's it's about people. It's about having fun. It's dealing with people. It's going back and forth. If you're the kind of person that says, "Well, winning is fun," then that, and you're the kind of person that goes to win trades, then ugh, eh, don't do that. Then you're wrong. Let's put it that way. Hmm. Um, just yeah, go out, have fun, deal with people. Don't always worry about. We'll worry about your fantasy team. But, you know, don't always worry about the individual. Worry about the bigger picture. Tie it back to your last episode. Play that game of chess, not that game of checkers.
1: Absolutely. And so for the folks at home or the folks listening this evening, uh, if they wanted to come and find you on Twitter and or elsewhere, like podcasts, things of that nature, and hit you up for a trade or ask to be in the league with you so they can trade with you, where would they be able to find you at?
2: All right. Well, I am at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter, I don't necessarily like my job, so I'm on Twitter most of the day. Always reach – my pinned tweet is, I care about your fantasy football team. And it's true. You text me – not text. You DM me. You tweet at me, anything, and I will read whatever you send me. Don't – well, not whatever. Make it somewhat football-related. But, yeah, no. I I will – don't – not enough – there's not no such thing as too much info. Send me anything about your league you need to and I will evaluate your trade, your roster, whatever. Uh because this is fun. Like I said, go have fun and this is what I do for fun. Um so at Dynasty Outhouse, um I am the host of the Trade Addicts podcast. You could find us anywhere where you find podcasts. Uh I co-host with Brian Har, who is an awesome awesome dude. I call him the brains of our operation. <laughs> yep. Clearly, you guys can't see, but I'm the looks,
1: there you go. Um,
2: <laughs> uh, so, at Brian Haar, FF. hit up that guy too. He's not on Twitter nearly as much as I am, but still ridiculously uh, smart. Yes, he he writes things. He's he's a fancy man. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, he will also, you know, help you out any way he can. Um, yeah, that's what I do. Uh, I'm trying to you know, branch out and get on other people's podcasts because this stuff is, again, so much fun. That's what I keep going back to. It's the worst answer in the world, but it's so true. Like, we do this crap because we love it. And as much of it as I can, I'm going to get in on it.
1: 100%.
2: Oh, and if you want to get in leagues with me, just give me a year. I I swear I'll do more (laughs) leagues. I I created four four Trade Addicts leagues this year, which was way more than I should have done. Like, I, I just dove head in. But I promise next year, hit me up, I'll create more leagues. There
1: we go. All right. And Adam, what else you got for the folks this evening?
0: Oh man, we brought you the trade addict himself to tell you how to edit, execute trades. That was, <laughs> that's a lot of fun, man. Two leagues with Russ. Um, so we've got some announcements. We've got the t-shirts coming soon. We ran the poll. Des Bryant still hasn't signed, so you can still go find the, um, the tweet that Let's you get a free t-shirt if you are to pick his landing spot correctly looking like the browns but he's not picking up the phone um we've got some ff stats news next week that's going to be great we're also going to do a little bit of redraft content coming up we've got ben cummins coming on actually from um fantasy footballers dfs and uh that stuff matters to winning we build our rosters all off season and a lot of owners forget that these aren't best ball teams you still have a lot of work to do to get you from the start of the season to the end of it. So we're going to start trying to incorporate some redraft content towards trying to win championships on our dynasty rosters. So you can subscribe on YouTube to dynasty pregame. Find us on Twitter at dynasty manual. You can find me on Twitter at D H H underscore Adam, and you can find the pod on uh, iTunes and on Stitcher, um, so please leave your rates, your reviews, you know, all that stuff helps. And we appreciate you listening.
1: Without a doubt. And, of course, I'm your host, Chris Allen. I'm on Twitter at chris ChrisAllenFFWX. And you can find some of my ramblings and scribbles at 444 4, and then also fan tracks. So please check those out whenever you get a chance. And we appreciate you guys for listening. And we'll catch you guys next week. Bye-bye.
0: Don't. 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 Don't for the fantasy championship hit the books kid read this pamphlet called the dynasty owner's manual it's automatic
2: dynasty it's automatic owner's manual it's automatic dynasty it's automatic